Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Female Footballers Podcast. My name is Cassie Gray, and I'm your host. And I'm joined today by a bunch of staff members here at Female Footballers. We have Haley Lucas, Rachel Thomas, Jordan Elliott, and Lou Arsenal. And we are going to talk about a very interesting, a bit controversial, and um, I think a fun topic. So Haley, you're going to lead us into that. Yeah, so hi, everyone. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about, um, I guess, some drama a little bit that's happening within U.S. soccer, Um, specifically that um, Carlos Cordero, who was the U.S. soccer president um, from 2018 to 2020, um, who left um, U.S. soccer, resigned kind of in disgrace, I guess one could say, because of issues related to equal pay and the issues surrounding the U.S. Women's National Team, um, trying to fight for that. And it's been recently announced um, a couple weeks ago that he is seeking re-election for president um, this coming March against um, Cindy Parlo Cohn, who is the interim, uh, she was the interim president, um, former vice president of U.S. soccer when He resigned and ran unopposed uh, last year and has been serving in that role and is seeking re-election as well. So the big controversy is that he left U.S. soccer um, in a tough moment, especially when um, the reasoning that lawyers gave for denying equal pay to the women's national team uh, was related to the men, the comparison of men and women and the women not being seen as equally providing skill or effort as the men were. And that was the justification for why they were not being paid equally. And Cordero took responsibility for the drafting of those statements by lawyers, but had not read it himself, which was kind of interesting. Um, And so he stepped away and now it's a controversy of should he be back in place? What do we think about that? Um, And a lot of other factors as well, including the fact that he had to be voted on by a certain number of current federation board members. So people um, agreeing that he should have the opportunity to come back into um, this position. So that's kind of where we're at. And there's also, so just like there's backlash with him kind of rerunning and being involved, there's a little bit of dissatisfaction among U.S. soccer uh, coaches um, with Cindy Perlow-Cohn as well, having to do with something about the voting membership uh, when it comes to the youth state associations. So there's kind of been a movement building against her a little bit. Um, But U.S. soccer over the last two years has really had a struggle. I was a member of the U.S. Soccer Development Council and got to sit in on a lot of their meetings, and um, it really had a a major financial crisis uh, at the start of the pandemic. Um, They lost a lot of funding when Carlos left. Um, There's a huge push for fundraising. A lot of the money that the different development councils have raised had to go into the federation, and um, they're kind of starting over from scratch, Um, and I think you know, anytime there's a game, men's or women's, it goes just like any professional organization, like take football, for example, this past weekend, you know, the Niners lose and everybody hates Jimmy Garoppolo and, and the coach, right? It's always the coach and the biggest players. And our men's national team lost this past weekend to Canada. And it's like, anytime something like that happens, they go straight for the Federation, the coaching staff, should we change everything? 
I think that's also a very American thing to do is like look at the structure, go to the top and be like, oh, done, they're done. Like nobody's allowed to make mistakes. But personally, my opinion on this is his mistake was like, um, it wasn't just one mistake. He had a pretty rough reputation before um, him not looking at the court documents that talked about the discrepancy between men and women and the pay. He was a bit controversial because um, he just, yeah, I mean, there, there was a lot, I guess. I don't know. I let somebody else talk for a minute, but I just, what do you guys think? Do you, who do you want to win this? How do you feel about it? What, what do you think? I think it's tough. I do think um, you should give people second chances, of course, whether that's him or anyone else. But I think you have to look at the track record of the person. Have they been successful? And where are they in achieving the goals of the organization? What are the goals of the organization? I think it's important to note that U.S. soccer in the past, and whether this is under his tenure or not, but anyone, there have been other issues, right, related to the lack of oversight in the NWSL and the issues that the women are facing in the league and how things are reported to U.S. soccer, not necessarily dealt with, just all these other issues, too. So I think you do have to look at track record and see how they handled situations in the past um, and what are they going to bring to the table that's different in the future. I know he's made promises um, to people that maybe that's why um, they're hoping to look towards him, but it might be nice to have someone completely new. Of course, that's not going to happen now because that deadline has passed, but um, I don't know enough about um, Cindy to kind of make a judgment call on her. I also think that she's only been president during a pandemic, which is kind of a hard thing to judge. Um, comparatively speaking, it's, there's, it's not a normal time. So of course it's going to be challenging in those moments too. I don't know the structure, um, how it works when there, if there is a newly elected president, if they get to choose, you know, sir, I'm assuming they get to fill some, some roles. So there'll be some shakeup, but it doesn't seem like this is a great time for that because to your point, Haley, it's, she's only been president during a pandemic and like, everybody's just trying to figure this out. So I feel like some of the stuff you can't, some of the stuff was out of her control. Some of it, you know, she was focused on certain things. Um, but you know, I think that, I don't know that going backward, it feels like it's going backwards. I know some other people feel that way. Um, and also, you know, his sort of, he had such an opportunity, you know, just handed to him in terms of being the leader of the women's world, soccer world by like embracing the women's program and, and instead of, you know, and I know it's, I know it's not just black and white. I get, you know, I get it all, but at the same time, like make step up and make these statements that are going to really show your support for your women's program. And then, and then for these documents to come out, it was like, oh my gosh, like what? So I just, I, you know, I do agree people get second chances, but I feel like he's had plenty of time to try to do some stuff. And, um, and it's not like, oh, he just messed up a little bit. And, and it's, those are those underlying like themes that we hear about women, right? And 
again, I just felt like he had such an opportunity to step up and didn't. To become a senior advisor to FIFA for like global strategy and governance when the overwhelming opinion in our country for FIFA, at least on the female side, is that they're fairly corrupt. Maybe I'm, maybe that's not the overwhelming opinion, but I think it is well known that FIFA is corrupt. And so for him, his statement within that two year time period that he's not working for US soccer, still work for FIFA, that says a lot without him saying anything. You know what I mean? And it's like that rubs me the wrong direction. And I know with with Cindy Parlacone, like people are frustrated because they think she just cares about the, the senior national team. Part of that, she they're just looking at her because she was a part of the senior national team. You know what I mean? And he's an outside, you know, wasn't a player on one of those. So I think she has that against her. But um, I don't know. I just, to me, like to go straight from what was said in those documents about women and men and then to go work for FIFA like that that's like 100 backwards like I just can't also why is the head of U.S. soccer not reading court filings and briefs like to me that's a red flag it's like you're you are the face of the organization that is what the organization is putting out and you don't know what's in it which to me is absurd and I I don't know, like even there's no, I, I hope he really doesn't believe that, that he, that women are inferior to men in skill and efforts. And if he does, he should be politically correct and not say it, like just lie and say something else. But you think he would read those things. And I don't know, U.S. soccer has been known to like cover things up in the past. You think they would like do their due diligence to make sure that didn't come out either. So I think it exposes a lot of what maybe U.S. soccer's mentality is, but I would not think that their most successful team, they would actually believe that about them. I don't think so, but I have to say, being a part of the Development Council, when I joined, it was um, fall 2019, so right before a lot of this, went, or no, in the midst of all of it, I guess. Um, I was one of four women on the Council of 22, and the only actual soccer player. And I think that's interesting when you have these development councils or fundraising groups that were putting forward like initiatives locally. So like we were the Bay Area Development Council, we were raising money to put money towards the female coaching side, which is why I joined and I thought that was awesome. But in the midst of everything and and all of our efforts, which there are some wonderful people associated with all of this, um, you the Federation had to reallocate their funds because of the pandemic. And I just think um, to me, that was kind of, you know, unfortunate. And then what does that say about like, well, we don't care about the female coaching anymore. That's not a value. Um, but to, to your uh, earlier point, you know, what he actually said what was um, in, the, in the papers, do not perform equal work requiring equal skill and effort because the overall soccer playing ability required to compete at the senior men's national team level is materially influenced by the level of certain physical attributes such as speed and strength. So for you to not check a document that says something like that is, in my opinion, like one of those mistakes that you just know, you don't get a second chance on. And I I do believe in second chances as well, but I just think that on top of, um, I just, you know, the Federation as a whole really has the opportunity to make some strides with 
good choices going forward and not that just reflect the female side, but all sides. And having a husband who played in, in the national team on the men's side, like I know he agrees that going backwards in general with, we've already seen what he's done at this level. Like it's time for some new fresh blood personally. The last round when Cindy, uh, well, before Cindy took over, I think when Carlos won the last time, uh, my vote was for Kyle Martino. I think they need a younger generation of um, people who have played and have, you know, great initiatives and, and things that they want to accomplish. And I think that um, it's time for some of that, you know, it feels like America, like it parallels our American political system, where it's like we have this generation of older people that are always like looked at, you know, and that's who we're talking about. It's like we need some young, fresh blood. Uh, more thoughts? It'll be very interesting to see where this plays out, how it goes. And ironically, I don't know if you guys are also familiar with the fact that so the women, the women's national team, you know, um, shortly after Cindy took over, um, they did not uh they did not get what they were what they were looking for they um what was it may of that year i want to say the lawsuit was dismissed in may of 2020 right after his resignation um, but they filed an appeal in a federal court and that appeal and the oral arguments are set to take place in march at the same time as this and i feel like this happened last time like how come the timelines are always matched up to to like oppose each other, you know? It's so frustrating that this keeps happening, but I don't know. It'll be interesting too, uh, um, what what happens with the sponsors. And like you were saying, he Carlos needed what, however many signatures or whatever it was to be able to get, you know, on the ballot. So there are people who do feel like he should be there or, or should have the opportunity to be there. Um, you know, and what's going to happen because there was a lot of backlash when he was initially, um, or when he initially resigned and, uh, how that will affect the sponsorships going forward or, you know, what sort of backdoor conversations are happening there, um, between different entities, you know, uh, parties who are interested in who, whoever's going to be in that top position. I do think it's um, it'll be interesting to see what those sponsors say, especially because they came out um, so against what those documents said, Volkswagen, Deloitte, um, Coca-Cola, they were disgusted, quote, um, with what was said. So it'll be interesting if he were reinstated, what will happen with those sponsors and kind of be a reflection on that kind of corporate responsibility and actually was it just something being said or did they actually believe it and are they going to take action of course you don't want to see funding moving away from U.S. soccer but if you make poor decisions that disservice who you aim to serve I think companies should act responsibly and um, make decisions based on those absolutely yeah that'll be very fascinating and, and just to like reiterate to people listening, like I, I personally am not like against U.S. soccer. I think they do amazing things uh, within our country, but just like our American political system, we all have opinions of things we'd want changed or or, or whatnot. And we just personally, I feel like um, Cindy deserves a shot in, in a different climate to prove what she can do. And I think, like you said, 
take a job in the midst of a pandemic and lose all your funding right off the bat when you take your job, like that's hard. And I'm not making excuses, but you know, I think there are, there's people on each side of this pandemic where they're like, we should be able to do work as normal. And there's others that are like, this is not normal. And it's okay that it's not normal. And personally, I'm one of those where it's like, she's, she deserves more time to see what she can do. Well, and she was, you know, she was interim. It wasn't like, and then she ran, right? It wasn't, initially she was thrown into it, not by choice. Um, I mean, I'm sure she had a little bit of choice by accepting it, but you know, it wasn't, she wasn't thinking about it and preparing and things like that and thrown into that situation. <laughs> Plus the pandemic, like it was, she hasn't had a lot of easy runs her own nonprofit too that people don't know but it's called goals for girls and it's a phenomenal uh, organization that um they they basically do some stuff very similar to female footballers they do kind of team builders they go around the country and she does clinics in different cities of her old teammates and she has them come out and help her at these clinics they raise a bunch of money and they send uh, a team of their girls to third world countries and they teach girls about leadership skills in these third world countries. It's amazing work that she does. And so she had to put a lot of that on hold. They haven't obviously done a clinic since um, the pandemic hit anyways, around the same time that she took this. But um, I mean, she was doing things that really mattered, you know? So I think that's something to say as well. Um, as far as who votes, um, can, can either of you speak to that? Like who's the voting members within this? Because um, I, I'm not 100% familiar with the amount or the size of that. Um, I, I do know that the vote has already passed to nominate somebody else, um, which is a bummer because the last time that Carlos won, there was a lot of people that ran. And like I said, Kyle Martino was uh, he's in my husband's generation. He was a commentator on NBC Sports. He played in MLS for like 10 years. Phenomenal guy and now runs um, the Over Under Project uh, where they, uh, and this company and this product called Golfer, where they are designing and building goals underneath basketball courts in like inner city areas so that you can go to a park, pull up the goal underneath the basket and you can play pickup in an urban kind of futsal environment, so. Anyways, uh, side note. Anyways, on, as far as who votes, what do you think, Jordan? Yeah, I just did like a quick little research on the U.S. Women's National Team site. So um, don't quote me on this, but it does look like there is an athletes council that includes player like represented representatives from the different NWSL teams um, or I guess like sorry, not NWSL necessarily, but like different professional players. Um, so yeah, that, that's just interesting to me because in questions um, like the one we're discussing right now, I always think of like, well, who is going to be kind of like the direct uh, beneficiary of this new president? Um, and like, do they have <laughs> A majority say in who they get to elect. Um, it looks like there are a lot of different people that um, can participate in the election. Um, there's like life members, the athletes council, um, board of directors, uh, and then I think there is like a um, 
a specific group of other eligible candidates based on like involvement with youth soccer um, or like maybe if you're at the state level in leadership. So it looks like there are a bunch of different parties, but I, I just am always curious, like someone mentioned earlier about our own US government election. And it's like, you know, it always, um, it's always a question of like, who has the power? Is it really in the people? Is it really in the players that are gonna be, um, you know, members of US soccer for their lives or who currently are um, on the team? So just something, I guess, food for thought. I think it's also fun to note that Megan, uh, one of our mentors is on that athlete council. So it's nice that they do have, um, the other teams outside of the ones we always think of, of uh, 11 aside, being represented, beach, futsal, um, all that good stuff. Um, so it's a bummer she couldn't be here to speak on that. But yeah, I do think it's important to kind of think about who is being impacted and where those votes are coming from and the competing interests of the different people. I will also say, I think it's important. And of course she, uh, Cindy played at a different time than the players are playing now, and maybe there are different issues, but I do thinking, think her having that national team experience and being a former pro is very valuable um, in terms of being able to benefit um, the interests of the players, which you're hoping is what they're trying to serve. She played at all levels of the game and can kind of see that from that perspective too. Yeah, I was, uh, I was also like talking to Megan about this previously, also bummed she couldn't be on this because she is on that council and they have meetings about this all the time. And um, I believe that there was a vote uh, fairly recently that they increased the kind of governing bodies to be more of those groups um, like Beach and, uh, and Futsal and uh, the Paralympic team, the um, percentage is higher, which will change the the voting kind of controls a little bit you know the the council controls a little bit more of the voting rights which could be good but also um i don't know there's you know it's just yeah it's going to be interesting i do think that um it's going to come down to you know what what they propose they can do and with the 2026 world cup looming like um I do think some people on his side feel like his connections to FIFA are helpful for that. Um, however, um, I just believe with Cindy, like she's representing more of the people feeling like you were saying, Jordan, like I, I think that's where my head goes. It's like, she, she knows what it's like to be in a World Cup, you know? And he knows what it's like to be in the business side of a World Cup. So which one's more important, I guess, in a way? <laughs> I don't know. And that's a very small thing to think about. Any last thoughts on this topic? Because I'm sure we go forever. And I would love to hear people, listeners' views on this. So please make sure you comment on all of our social platforms when we post this. Uh, we want to know your thoughts and, and have more of a conversation about it. No last thoughts? All right. Well, we appreciate you listening today. And um, we definitely hope that whatever choice is made that US Soccer and the Federation go in a positive direction to benefit all the youth players, the national team players um, on all different types of teams. And it just helps to grow our sport in the country and make it a more viable, impactful program for all involved. So 
Um, we'll keep you posted. I'm sure we'll have a follow-up to this after the election, uh, maybe late March, and uh, talk about our thoughts then. But um, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week with another new episode.